This podcast is the result of my passion for languages and for talking to people. I have conversations with language professionals who are willing to share their experience. We focus on their work, but also on how their love for languages has shaped their personal lives. I started my career as a researcher in terminology, but I found my passion for working directly with clients when I lived in the United States and started working as a language consultant for global companies like Sony, Apple, and Google. When I came back to Europe, I was introduced to the world of LSPs, where I had multiple roles, project manager, vendor manager, and terminologist. Now that I am fully dedicated to my own projects, I provide language services in English and Portuguese, mentoring and consulting for the localization industry, and of course, I'm also a podcaster. Find out more on LinkedIn or Instagram and get in touch if you'd like to explore how I can help you with your projects. I am Rita Prazeres Gonçalves, the language worker. This podcast is also available on YouTube. Hi, everybody. This is super special to begin with. As you can tell, I am looking somewhere and <laughs> showing up like I'm looking somewhere else. So this is because, of course, I had a malfunction. You can tell by my frozen photo, not really flattering, but this is what we got. So <laughs> not to have everybody logging in and out again. So we decided to just keep it as is because all that matters is the guests and not me because you already know me and you're tired of me anyway. So here we are today. This is a, a brand new type of episode where I invite people separately, right? So I invited each one of them separately. And then the result is that we're going to have a conversation with people who don't know each other. So they don't really know much about their, their work, uh, what each other does and what their background is. So I thought it was really interesting for everybody to actually get to know each other at the same time, including you and us. So that's that's how it's going to go this time. So I'll say that uh, I've uh, known Monia, um, I mean, I've known her name for many years uh, in the context of working in the context of working in my agencies, in my LSPs and all of that. She was always part of my database, as I say. So she's a pretty well-known uh, Portuguese translator in other areas. <laughs> Two, uh, and this is how I know her name. And only recently, I guess a week or two ago, we met in a networking event. So we don't really know each other much more than that. So this this is all I know from from Mania, right? So then we have Keith, and I don't know anything about Keith. I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. So he <laughs> have to help me in a minute. I love that noun pronouncing part of things. And then we have Barbara. If I had to read it in English, I would say Neeb. So she will help us with that. I will start actually with, let's say, let's go with Barbara. So Barbara, if you could just present yourself briefly, not with too much information, because then we will have our questions, we will talk, we will discuss and all of that stuff. Okay, so who's Barbara? <laughs> okay, okay. Barbara, Barbara Neep, because it's I'm German. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I live in Frankfurt and um, I translate uh, literature um, now for about... Yes, uh, 20, more than 25 years. And um, I translate from Italian, uh, French and English. English is the least. So um, at least um, you have to excuse my scare English. I, I, I usually don't talk English. No, so no you're I totally fine. <laughs> I can talk better Italian. And I translate it to, to, into German. Mm. I have, I translate um, 
just normal literature, also children's books and um, cooking books. Wow. And um, yeah. So, I think that's it. Yeah. And, so and I work um, most of the time, I work with my colleague, um, Katharina, Katharina Schmidt, and we are working in, in a duo at Handem. So oh, we are hmm. translating together literature, which is not the norm. As a, usually you translate alone, but um, we prefer it. Um, we found each other and we think it's a very um, good way to work together because you are not lonely. You are together. You can check it out and you can discuss. And and we also um, have a always um, find a way to be one person, to speak as one person in the end as a the final wow. product you can never tell who, who did I it, love it. So yeah it's... that is pretty original i think okay so we'll hear a little bit more about that in a minute so keith what's the story <laughs> <laughs> well, my name is keith Keeney. i am a, a british irish expat living in france for the past 17 odd years um, mm -hmm. my core speciality is legal translation and i'm an in-house translator at the moment so i'm a relative newcomer to the literary translation market I have so far translated two novels from French into English. Um, so that's my literary experience as a translator so far. Mm -hmm. Very good. And then Monia. Hello. Thanks for having me, Rita. Of course. Um, so I'm, I'm Monia. I'm, I'm a translator uh, for more than 15 years now. But as a literary translator, I, I only started in 2019. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, I translate from English and German into Portuguese, mm -hmm. and I will be happy to provide more information <laughs> after this. <laughs> after this short intro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, very good. Let's go back, back, back into the beginning of times. <laughs> so, Barbara, you studied, I think, um, languages and literatures, right? You're French and you're Italian. Was it like this? So, what, what was college Yes. Like? Yes, a little bit, but really, I I'm a um, I, I really start um, um, studied um, translation. I'm a diplom übersetzerin, which is usually very um, um, it's it's unusual for literature translators because usually they just um, study German, French, but I studied it uh, really translating. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Sorry, Heidelberg, and. Um, Yes, it was uh, at the beginning, you are trained to translate everything and not really something special. Mm -hmm. But I um, I also translated uh, manuals for, um, I started with manuals, but my dream was translating literature. Mm -hmm. So because when I started at school and oh, what are you going to do? I was say, always said, I want to do something with German because I love the German language, German literature. So I wanted to do something with German and choosing journalists and something. Um, I, I didn't know. And attraction was, oh yes, languages. And then yes, Italian. And um, I started with, uh, you can study. I, when I, I didn't know even before uh, that you can study translation uh, sciences. So mm. I studied this and it was, yes, I was fine with it. And, and then the way to enter the literature business is quite difficult. But um, now, since um, I'm only 
Really, I really only translate literature, nothing else now. Mm -hmm. I always some at the beginning I had manuals and literature, but now it's only literature and it's hmm, not so much paid, but it's um, a great um, satisfying. Hmm, I like that. So what about Kit? I tried to find out anything about your college life. And then I got there to LinkedIn, where it's my, my great source of information, as you all know. And then it said that you went to Oxford University. And then it says something, I don't even know if I can pronounce this word correctly. So jurisprudence? It yes, says something like that. So I'm like, oh my God, the man Oxford studied... Name for law. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh, the man studied law. Okay, so... Then why law and how was the transition from studying law into this, I guess, your first uh, jobs were already in the language business, am I right? Yes, I, I chose law because I liked the intellectual challenge of it, um, but I got out of university realizing I wanted to do something different. So I, I relied on my languages, which I don't have A-levels, and started working for a translation agency, as temp. And that okay. became a two-year contract, and I then left another translation agency for another year or so. And by then, I felt I knew enough about the industry to go freelance as a translator of my own accord. And so I spent the next 10 years or so freelancing, and then I've been in and out of salaried employment ever since. I've been a translator overall for about 20 years now. Mm -hmm. But um, literary translation, I started just before the pandemic, so... Um, years ago now and i found because i just started up again as a freelancer and i found a platform called babel cube which is where authors can place books they want translators, mm -hmm. and translators can contact them and it's done on a royalties basis so there's no fee as such you get paid depending on how book sells oh i see i found my first uh, novel translation Okay, that sounds good. I had no idea. So see, I don't know anything about this. So Mania, I'm, it's been a long career before you got into the literature yeah. thing, but you did study. I mean, I've seen that you're, I mean, you're Portuguese, so it's kind of what I know too. So you have done a pretty standard uh, kind of, you have a, a standard kind of background for a, a lot of the translators that I know mm -hmm. in Portugal. So you have studied your literature, right? To begin with. Yes, English and German literature and, and language. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know that at that time there was no translation course. Yes, I do know. So there was no, no translation degree, like a BA in well, Portugal. Like, yeah. yeah. So in the at end of time. the four years, we had to choose whether we wanted to be a teacher, to follow a, a, teacher, a teacher path, or uh, I did then a post-graduation in translation. Mm -hmm. So that that was the standard way of becoming a yeah. translator in Portugal back yeah. in the day, probably twenty years ago. Yeah, 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 twenty years ago. Oh my god! <laughs> Let's not talk about those numbers so much. I guess if they bother you, they don't bother me. <laughs> and uh, uh, this post graduation actually gave me the opportunity to take a, an Erasmus semester uh, abroad in, in Germany, mm -hmm. uh, and I fell in love with Berlin. Uh, it is a great city, and then I had to. I decided to come back and to work there. So it helped me a lot with my German. I lived there for four years after my graduation. Uh, and then after the four years, when I came back to Portugal, um, I decided, okay, I want to try the translation out because there was always in the back of my mind that I wanted to be a translator. And yeah, and that's, that's how it was. I, uh, I took um, a, like a, a, an internship, a non-paid internship, actually, because I had saved money. 
and I thought it would be a nice way to to get in the industry because I didn't know anybody and so I I, I, I sent an application to, to some some agencies proposing a non-paid internship only for a month hmm. for me you know to see if I enjoyed it if I liked it and see if I got any talent uh, at all and it, it worked out pretty pretty great and I and I stayed there after this this month they offered me like a contract with, with a salary <laughs> mm -hmm. and uh, I worked as, a, as an in-house translator in two different agencies for seven years oh and then I decided to go freelance mm -hmm. but you still worked in all of your technical I guess this is your specialization right technical. yes it is it is yeah so I uh, when I when I decided to go freelance I still had uh, because it there was everything I knew about it. You know, I had this experience in the technical stuff, although mm. uh, it gets pretty boring and repetitive, you know, <laughs> because it's always, for me, for me at least, because I'm a very creative person. Yeah, and right. I, and I, yeah, so I, I, and I, I need to have this feeling of fulfillment in the mm. end of the day that I did something that I enjoyed. Mm. And that was not always the case with the technical stuff. So in 2019, I decided... Um, that I wanted to try the, the literary translation out, and I did. I took like an, a mentoring program with the mm -hmm. trans, with a literary translator, uh, just to see, you know, if I if I had it in me. And uh, then I took a, a, a few writing courses because I was stuck in the, you know, in the rigidity of the technical text. Uh, mm -hmm. So I, I, I needed to, to free my, my writing uh, style. And in 2019, I contacted the first uh, publishing house and it all started. And then oh. it was like a snowball. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Keith, I have to say that I, I found out <laughs> that we, we have one thing in common in our past. <laughs> the fact that we both work for it was perfect, right? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I was like, oh my God, I wasn't expecting that. So so that's that's what happened. That's what we have in common in our past. So when also, were you there? I was there from 1912 to 1912. Uh, 2012. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I've been looking at ancient texts. Good looking. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Ugh. Uh, so Ooh. 2012 uh, then to 2014. So it was two years. Very intense two years. As you can, I always say it's two years that were the same as 10. So Yeah, I think that, that's based on my experience as well. Yeah, it's exactly. So that's place. like a century. <laughs> that was just for, for Keith and I to have a connection here, right? <laughs> and one of the things that happened is that I didn't do it on purpose, but all, you, all of you guys are German speakers, and I guess very advanced German speakers. I mean, obviously, Barbara being German. <laughs> but I guess Monia and Keith are both uh, real German speakers, because being a German speaker is something that we could discuss as Portuguese people is very funny, because people just study a little bit. Some of them feel very confident. They say that they already speak. They don't. Others have studied many, many years. They never feel confident to say that they do speak yeah. German. So I guess it's a subject here for us. I'd love to speak German if I could just wake up and one day would speak a language that would definitely be number one and Arabic number two. Everybody knows that. So I say it all the time. So I am a frustrated German non-learner. So that's me. <laughs> so that's the story. But then Barbara said, 
I translate normal, right? Normal literature. And I love that normal literature thing. So we will find out. But one of the reasons why I invited you guys before I go any further is because every time I go to university and talk to you, to translation students, the funny thing about it is that there will be a huge percentage of the kids in the room that will say that they want to be literary translators, right? And it, mm -hmm. because it's a thing that is so far-fetched from my experience and my knowledge and all of that, I would. I really wanted to bring three people from three different countries just to see what your outlook is on the way that these things actually happen in your life. Because I see it almost as a mystical type of thing that doesn't follow the same path or the same anything as the other types of translations that we know. But because all of us have worked in that side of things, I, and I have loads of material and, and episodes about that. So this time I thought, well, let's do this. Let's go into this more mystical realm of things and see what the story is. So then, Barbara, how did things really happen? How did it start and how did you really get into it? And then what what is this normal literature that you translate? <laughs> okay. I said normal literature because sometimes people ask me, oh, who, who, whom did you translate? And I said, mm, I have no classicals and right. I just have normal literature. <laughs> you don't know any of these authors. Mm -hmm. You go into a bookshop and you there is a huge amount of books and you tell you can you know only some of them but um when i try say okay i i, I translated simoni dear the full view nobody's yes not not everybody can translate harry potter or something like this right, so it's just course. normal literature <laughs> <laughs> what you mean is not necessarily mainstream books that everybody knows of or those big yes. authors or classic authors like those I don't know, James Joyce's and whomever comes to your mind, because I'm a terrible literature <laughs> person. So I don't know how to, how to talk about that. But so you mean, so how do your authors come into your life? Do you do it through the uh, the publishers? Do you do it uh, directly with the um, authors? How does that process go? It, I bet it's not always the same, but more or less a few yeah. different paths that you follow in order to get your books Okay, in, in Germany, usually you contact um, um, an editing house and you don't, uh, even if you have some authors you would like to be published in Germany, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, you can't just start translating and then go to the publishers, then no. The way is you go first to publishers and some of them answer, some of them don't. And if you are lucky, so with Monia, um, it's just like a snowball system. For me, it was never like a snowball system. I always had still in my um, with my age and with my experience, I have to contact always new publishers. I go to the Frankfurt Book Fair. And I make contacts, I make dates, and uh, then we are talking to, um, yes, the editors from the publisher's house. And so when they have something, a good book that would fit for me, they ask me and then I, I, I get um, the book. Mm. Only one book, I have to say it because I'm very proud of it, is this one. Um, this was a first uh, it's a very, uh, no, nobody knows the author, uh, even not even in, it, in Italy, uh, but this was a, 
I read the book and I said, yes, I want to be this book translated. And um, I contacted a publisher's house and actually really they said, okay, yes, it's a good book. And it was a good book. And so this is the very first time in my whole life of translating. That, that it was your idea. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So is it called Matanza? Is that what it is? Yeah, Matanza. It's it's, it's Matanza. It's, it's killing. Uh, it's the killing, or that's not what it means at all. Yeah, yes, it's it's ah. killing. Yes, it's 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 the 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 ritual of um um killing uh tunas tuna fish in 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 south of Italy. It's this um yeah, it's it's really like a slaughtery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they slaughtering the 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 fish. Yeah, for, I, I know what it is. Yes, I <laughs> I have it, that image. It, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it, it, this book is about um, uh, a young woman who is born in the sixties, and you follow her life through the um, changes of um, yeah, the town, the life um, from the beginning, success, and going down. But it's very, very um, yeah, it's lovely. It's a it's a great book. Oh, so the name is just to give you context of some sort yeah, of a yeah, place. Yeah, because or... it is. It is no. It is. She is. Um, the woman is um, born as a, as the leader of this um, in the family who always um, are leading this um, ritual. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the fisherman, mm-hmm. and she is now as a woman in Italy. It's it's very strange, but because there were no male. Um, 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 Eritz, uh, nein, wie sagt man, Erben. Um, <laughs> there were no yeah. men. Oh, there are no men to follow the path of the yes. family, so she has to. So take she over. has to be as a woman, and she started this, and she has a good. Um, yeah, it's a success. But then the fish, um, there's no fish anymore. In the 19th, the 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 fish was gone in the middle um, in the Mediterranean, and um, then the, the tourists coming, uh, immigrants. It's yeah, the whole um, story of um, Sicily. Sicily. Oh, sounds very intense <laughs> and interesting. It is a great book and very, and it was really, when you see that the author, um, every word is written with intention mm-hmm. and you have to think about every word and put the sentences and even if you don't understand, then you have to think about it and put it in the German that, and then it has to sound and then they have to, this voice and yeah, it, <laughs> this is really, this is fun. Oh yeah, she's very passionate about this book, we can tell, right? <laughs> what about Keith? So you, you go into this uh, Babel Cube, yeah, right? Yes. That's the, uh, that so the do one. you get work from other places or are you getting started and this place seemed like the right place to start? Well, the second book I translated, I, I um, acquired word of mouth via LinkedIn, actually, mm. because I mentioned the fact that I've been translating this first book. And so people started tagging me in posts about book translations. Mm-hmm. So I got in touch with the author of the second one. Oh. Cool. Talked about um, expectations, deadlines, budgets and that sort of thing. And we stayed in both times for both books. Um, the author and I stayed in, in, in regular contact. So while email. you were translating, you had access to the to the author. Yes, mm. which was very important because I could ask them, you know, what, which direction is this heading? What exactly are these characters' motivations for doing this or that? And what does this specific scene look like in your mind and all that kind of thing? So you um, like this uh, uh, fiction 
uh, books, right? They've both been been science fiction books so far. Oh, yes. science but that's fiction. more of a coincidence than anything else, uh -huh. I suppose. So do you, do you see yourself going into that path, like specializing in, because I had never considered this uh, science fiction thing, but are you considering specializing or do you think that this was just a coincidence and you're open to any other genres? I'm open to most You have to correct me if I say ridiculous <laughs> things, right? Because I, I'm not used to talking about this. <laughs> that's all, that's all. Um, no, I mean, I, I think my one rule is if I'd enjoy reading it, then I'd be happy to translate it. Uh -huh. Because you're a writer too, so I saw that on LinkedIn. Of course, my 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 K K KGB <laughs> friends. <laughs> yes, so I think that's. Um... So, as a writer, do you also write that type of material, or what kind of writer are you compared to the kind of translator that you are in terms of your literary translation path? Wow. Well, <laughs> uh, that's a good question. <laughs> so I won. Hmm. One published book so far has been a collection of short stories, hmm. which I wrote uh, as a competition to begin with. Uh, I launched on LinkedIn, and I had 10 genres. At each the, genre. The, the 10 short stories were in different 10 genres? Yes. Wow. Because I, the idea was I had 10 genres. Everybody could, 10 people could then pick the genre they wanted, uh -huh. and they give me a keyword, like um, something that had to feature in the story. Mm -hmm. So I then wrote those 10 stories and published them. And so that's been, it's not science fiction. The subtle of science fiction was one of the genres. Mm -hmm. So, so yes. you think there's a parallel or there will be a parallel as your career as a literary translator develops a parallel between what you enjoy writing and what you will translate? I'd like to think so. I mean, I think you generally you're naturally drawn to the kind of material that interests you. Mm. I have had people mention me in adverts, in, um, adverts for books that I wouldn't necessarily read and therefore I didn't really feel suitable for translating them. Mm. Um, and there, there's been one time, there was one time recently where I'm, I saw an advert on LinkedIn looking for a translator. So I, I applied to the person who was acting as an agent for the author. And they told me it's a it's a female author who's specifically looking for a woman translator. Mm. That's fair enough. <laughs> I, can't, I can't compete with that. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> At least for now. So, <laughs> we don't know in the future. So, Mania, <laughs> how, how is it with your... I don't know anything about your literary uh, translation career. So, what is the story? What was your first movie about? Did you feel a connection... Did you were you in talk, in contact with the author? I suppose not. I have no idea no. how that goes. Mm -hmm. No. Well, in Portugal, normally you you work for publishing houses, and if you have any question to the author, if it's really necessary, if you don't really get it at all, or if there's a mistake, you find a mistake in the original, it can happen. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Then you have to go through the publishing house, and they will contact the author. Okay, but they don't really like doing that just in, in the rest, worst case scenario. <laughs> um, so I, I have contacted a, a first publishing house because I knew someone who worked there. Uh, and I, I just said, yeah, I, I would like to try uh, if you have anything at all from German and English. And this is a, a small publishing house uh, specialized in self-help books and 
you know, books about lifestyle, time management. That's what I would translate. <laughs> yeah. And I started with the proofreading. They needed a proofreader for, for a book. So it was a Portuguese and, author? No. Ah, it uh, was a translation that needed to be proofread. Translation. Yeah, okay. after that, there came a Portuguese author. So I worked directly with the author. That was the, the, the only time, I think, that I worked directly with the author. Um, and then they gave me a first book to translate. It was a book about time management. Hmm. Um, and after that, everything that came after that was by word of mouth. Uh, in Portugal, it's common that the publishing houses don't don't put any ads for hmm. translators because hmm. it's uh, it takes a lot of time and they they need one translator like for yesterday, like usually as always and so they ask around they ask around other publishing houses or they ask around oh. um they ask their own translators uh -huh. or in, on linkedin do you know anyone do you happen to know like i need a german translation translator do you know anyone and that's, that's how pretty old school huh <laughs> it is yeah yeah uh, i've seen i've seen only once or two ads for publishing houses like in the last five years so uh, yeah so now I'm working for five or six or maybe seven different publishing houses, and I have never sent a single uh, CV or a single application. Ah, so they, they don't really ask you about your qualifications and anything. They will ask. They will, they will ask. History as a literary they translator. Will, they will. But... They ask for my resume after, ah. but uh, it's a recommendation, so it's a reference from other translators or other publishers, and so they already know. Okay. Well, Maybe she should be fine. Yeah, she should be fine. <laughs> and they contact me. They, they, they say what they have in mind, uh, the price and everything. And if, if I agree, then they ask me my, for my CV. And yeah, that's it. Wow. So it's it's very different. Like I say, yeah. it's something I don't know anything about. That's why I thought I would have three people to, <laughs> to talk to me about it and so that I could be a bit more informed. And so, Barbara, you were talking about, since we started talking about money, so let's go into that without going into that, obviously. Uh, so do you feel like there is, well, this is a strange moment to talk about uh, economics and translation, right? <laughs> but still, <laughs> let's let's think about the history of, of your activity as a translator and not necessarily focusing on the now, obviously. So did you feel in the beginning when you did your your studies, your translation studies and all that, and you started working on your technical manuals and all the things that you did, there were more uh, classic, let's say, and well, like all of us know that part uh, well, <laughs> I guess. Uh, so how did you feel from that perspective, from an economic perspective, how did you feel when you stopped working with your usual technical stuff and started dedicating yourself only to this literary normal literary translations <laughs> so i didn't even I, 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 what is the question i i didn't uh, the question is in terms of of the economics yeah. so in terms of prices yeah. things like that yeah. how did you feel that was there a gap was it very different did you feel like you made more okay. money if you had continued on the technical path just in abstract, okay. obviously. Yes. No. We, we we are very in in Germany. We are very open about prices because okay. we say twenty years, twenty euro, um, one page, and it didn't. Um, uh, and it's twenty thousand 
euros income. It's just when you are only literature translator, um, you only have this. So oh. because you only get 20 Europe, uh, euro for, for one page. Mm. So and, and it's since 20 years, it didn't uh, increase. Uh -huh. It really decreased the income. Mm. So, um, yes, um, when I stopped my normal translating manuals, it was half of my income was gone because really I was an, uh, a victim of globalization because I didn't, um, it was, a, um, I worked with a um, company and um, in Italy and um, uh, my, um, yeah, I, I never have to translate more in Italian because the company was in, in, in Switzerland and she said, okay, can you can translate Turkish or something like this? Because every the the um the manuals are only the, the machines are okay, I switch stop this. <laughs> it's too um, yes, don't worry. too complicated. Restart. Um, <laughs> Um, just, uh, just say this. Um, if you work as a normal translator, mm -hmm. uh, you get uh, the double of the income of a literature translator. Just oh, okay. um, put in this terms, and we only want to make ourselves visible. Uh, visibly. Um, uh, so, um, I, as a literature translator, I also make. Um, I, I have a. Um, mm, I work with the Weltlesebühne, which is a, um, what is a company, a Verein. How do you say this? Um, association? Association, yes. Um, of other <laughs> I, I, I always thought it would be handy to have other people who speak German. <laughs> and it was. <laughs> and, and we want to make literature translation visible. That's also a reason because I'm here, because we want ourselves to get visible. And we say, okay, we don't get this money. Maybe sometimes we get more money. So mm -hmm. it's, uh, but we still uh, love our job because you always, you, as you said, Monia, um, it's creative. It's it's great, and we love this. But it would be nice to have more money. Mm -hmm. But may I ask, Barbara, uh, the twenty euro per page? Is it uh, how many words or how many characters? It's uh, 1,800 uh, characters. Ch character, 1,800. Okay, it's the same yeah. as Portugal. Okay. Yeah, usually it's less because we have page and in the page for the little, sometimes it's, um, there are less characters, so it's okay. also 1,600 in the okay. usual. Mm. And we have only you, you get only money 20, is calculating uh, things. Yeah, yeah, because she when <laughs> when 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 she said twenty euros per page, I was like, what? <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> you know, in Portugal, it's half half, <laughs> and that's for the biggest publishing houses. That the the small publishing houses they pay uh, eight seven. Yeah, still, of course, there's there's another. <laughs> It's another standard, right? In Portuguese, we have different standards than in Germany, of course. But yeah, still. Um, hmm. Yes, but <laughs> you can't really live on ah, 20. Yeah, I, because yeah. when you translate a book, um, at least it gets 10 pages a day, and this is very good. But usually you, you translate four or five pages if you 
yeah, resume yeah. all yeah. the mm -hmm. because you only you don't translate but then you have to uh, edit to again and everything yeah and after that you have to pay the taxes of course yes Yes, yes. We, we pay taxes. <laughs> yes, I, I know. I know that. I imagined. So, Keith, what's what's your situation? So, you basically you're getting started with your uh, literary translator. This is even hard to say. Literary translation <laughs> career. It's, it's, a, it's a mouthful, right? Uh, so how do you do it? Do you still do your uh, legal translations and all of that? Do you think you're going to be uh, dedicating yourself, for example, to uh, legal books in the future, or which is not really literary translation, obviously, but maybe <laughs> in that format you you don't have experience, or you do. I have a friend who only uh, translates that type of material, but but she's okay. Spanish. But yeah, that's what she does. She translates big. She has a PhD in law and all of those regular things in law that people have, and she's a real person, right? A real law person, and <laughs> she does that. <laughs> So I know that exists, right? That you have spe specific publishing houses as such that actually only publish um, law-related books, if this is correctly said. So That's what true. do you think it's coming for you in, in terms of uh, the next few steps? Well, I mean, my legal training is 20 years old now. So it's um, a bit out of date. <laughs> so I'm not a proper legal person, as you put it. So I, would, I wouldn't translate modern law books. But... Um, I'm I'm basically looking to see what comes up. I mean, it's it's a very much a parallel mm. stream for me because I do have a full time job. Mm. As a oh, you have a full time job. Oh. I do, yes. Um, but if a project comes up that looks interesting to me and I have the time, I why wouldn't I take it on? Mm -hmm. But yes, it will be definitely focusing on on fiction rather than mm. textbooks or anything like that. So you feel like it's also a creative outlet for you or so it's more than work. It's just, it's other thing that, I mean, if you're a writer, you probably have that in you different than well, someone like me. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's an enjoyable form. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is like any other project in that you have a deadline, you have a budget, you have mm -hmm. deliverables, but it's just, it's more creative as you say. Mm -hmm. So you're not, because you have your, your fixed income, are you not as uh, worried about uh, the type of income that you might have from this other stream? Or is that something you think about a lot? Or is that something you discuss with your friends? Or how's that subject in your life? Well, I mean, the two books I've translated so far have been totally different experiences. From, mm -hmm. uh, the first one was royalties only. Mm -hmm. So the book didn't sell massively well. So I basically haven't earned anything from that. Whereas the second one, the author had a, an actual budget dedicated to translation. Mm. So he set the mm. prices up in front. I got a down payment so I could start working. And mm. overall, I made about the same as I would have made doing regular translation projects. Mm. So that worked out pretty well. But it, it all, it all depends on the situation. Okay, this royalty thing only, it's very interesting to me. Because I i mean, I'm interested in royalties from a music perspective, because it's what I know best, but I had never thought about it from that perspective of the translation itself. So do you have this experience, Monia, from, from working with royalties or not so much? I've had one, I've, I've translated mm -hmm. one book, a uh, book for children in Babocube. Mm -hmm. But uh, the thing is, they only pay you the royalties uh, above 10 pounds. Mm -hmm. And this this book, well, nobody 
nobody buys the book. So I'm still waiting for my royalties like, for five yeah, years. Yeah, same here. Same for me. <laughs> ah, so that's how it goes. Barbara, don't go there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, but but in, in Germany, um, <laughs> we had to fight a lot, literature translators, to get the royalties. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, when you have really, when you work with, a, when you have a book that sells, then with royalties, you can really um, get something. It's, yeah, it's substantial. It's part mm-hmm. of the income. It's uh, and um, because in my first years there were no royalties because the the only author and publisher house, and now mm-hmm. so translators get royalties. And yes, it's um, it's like other. So people is it a law in-, in Germany that translators get to have royalties, or how does that work no, out? No, you <laughs> have. There is a translate. I think translating industry is uh, always. It's like uh, there is nothing. Uh, there are no laws, uh-huh. but um, there are. Um, um, we had some. Um, um, we said urteile, the basic. Um, 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 the basic agreement, or yes. Uh, agreements and Just trying uh, to guess. It, it 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 was um the the, the, the a cause in 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 front of the uh, okay Although, uh, went to court it was a court yeah was, yes yeah. and basic um at the at decision that uh, the royalties have to be paid also for translators mm-hmm. and usually you have it in the contract it's the contract that counts and um publishing houses pay as a now i can choose and i say without royalties i won't um at least i have to get the royalties because it's important mm-hmm. and how much because... in percentage obviously would that be is it a variable thing obviously but how usually yes. is it like a seven percent eight percent is it something like that or less 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 at, uh, from two to six percent mm-hmm. of the netto um Netto Ladenpreis in Germany. It's, it's mm-hmm. uh, without taxes. So right, it's, right. And sometimes it's only about it's two cents of a book. But if you sell 10,000 books, um, yes, it will sum up. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and Monia, I have to say, the 20 euro a page is what we want to get. Usually they pay ah. less. Ah, so, okay. Uh, <laughs> this is only sometimes I get more, but usually it's less. It also, I am assume I'm assuming it also depends on the publishing house. There, yes, right? yes, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And usually, even the, the the smaller ones pay better than the big ones because the big ones then they have the name, but mm-hmm. the big ones won't um, say. Oh, and also, for example, children's books. Children's book are always paid less. Really? You have the same work, huh. but it's. It's children's books. Listen to we this, kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Children have less money. Yeah. And yeah. they are not necessarily easier to translate, right? I bet. No. I bet. And when you have only a few words, it's really sometimes yeah. only for the children's book, you have 10, 10 words in or some every page. And no, it's it's really hard work, but um, mm-hmm. it's no, no, it's only children's book. Mm. I see. I I understand that because to be honest, I see very complicated words in children's books that I don't understand in Portuguese. So <laughs> I can only imagine how it is to translate them if you have to. I mean, it, yeah. Insane. Sometimes you have to rhyme. rhyme. Yeah. <laughs> oh 
<laughs> exactly. They rhyme, but they're like, oh, are these regular words that people actually say? No, obviously not. So it's so funny that you do that. For, I look at them from, from that perspective, right? They're usually, in my opinion, translated or not, whatever. They're very hard to read. So this is how I see it. <laughs> they might rhyme, but the words don't make any sense. They're, they're using words that are not mainstream, so I don't understand why this is, but I'm sure there's there's a reason for that. And there's many, many books in Portuguese like that, so I bet it's the same yeah. every language. I'm like, how oh, are children going to understand half of this? It's like, <laughs> especially the adjectives, you know, it's just funny, strange ways of things, like super outdated or something like that. It's so hard. So yeah. I, I don't think I would ever be able to even remotely approach a, a children's book from that perspective. I mean, I would be too scared for sure. <laughs> so uh, have you done, you've done the one with royalties, right, Monia? Do you feel the same? Is it very hard? Is it very strange? Well, I've done this one with royalties, but on barbecue, because in Portugal, we give up the royalties. We don't, the translators have no right to have royalties. Mm. Okay. So with the contract, when I signed the when I signed the contract, I mm -hmm. give up my my all the rights. Ah, to you write the there in the contract that yes, you you give them up. Yeah, I've, yes. I've done that for for uh, songs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I receive the payment for the translation, and that's and it. That's that. Yeah. Even yeah. if it's a bestseller. Yeah. So well. Before we go, let's hear about. Uh, if I, I have a fantasy of one day maybe pairing up with Monia. You never know. And translating uh, spirituality books, right? Mm -hmm. So that would be, if I could ever, that would be the thing, right? I'd love to do that. Obviously pairing up because I've now, ah, before I say anything else, let me hear about uh, Barbara uh, pairing up with, with her friend. How did that come about? Because I'm so interested in knowing this because it's very original, I think. I'm sorry. <laughs> then I'll ask the question. <laughs> okay, we we, we meant, uh, met a, a few years ago, 15 years ago now, and 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 um, because I had a book, it was then another one. I wanted, I presented to um, at publishing houses. Mm -hmm. I wanted to translate. Um, she got. Uh, the um, the contract and but she always wanted to translate with somebody together because she thought it's a lonely business I just want to uh, make this experience and we made the experience and it worked well even if we have totally different backgrounds she mm -hmm. comes from music she started as a um, opera um, um, director <laughs> um, and I come from yes I really am a normal translator studied really translating um, science and um, we have also different approaches I'm more visual and she is more um, musical she has more the sound in the ear I have more the logical um, I keep the logical view so mm -hmm. um, when you translate literature, you also have yes. When he um, when you have a fight, for example, with uh, in the medi medieval story, mm -hmm. uh, you have to take the sword and put it this way, and and it really has all still to sound. So it doesn't have to be more like a manual, but it has to be um, really, yeah, like a film. <laughs> so. Um, and I had this perspective, and then we work together. So we um, 
um, take a book and say, you translate 20 pages, I translate 20 pages, and then we switch our translations. Mm -hmm. And um, we do only a raw version. So um, it's, um, and we switch and the more part is the editing part, but it's like editing, but um, a little bit more translating editing. So, and then we switch again and um, accept the solutions or not. And sometimes we, if we don't get a solution, we discuss, and mm. this is very good. So, so with the can... constraints of time that you have in the industry, how do you manage this uh partnership because it's even harder in terms of time i suppose if you're if you're looking at each other's work not. not because you have this three four ways of translating you usually do it alone mm. now we do it um only switched uh which makes it um your spare time because it's not that I have to, and when you always read your own translation, you don't get any uh, better solution. But if you read a text from the other person, say, "Oh no, this is uh, you can't say it." Just and and uh, you uh, um, at uh, at once you get the right solution when you have a um, uh, external uh, view on the yep. translation mm. instead of intern and you always say uh, okay i say this sentence sound doesn't sound good but um i don't get a solution so uh, the other person my partner um gets it wow oh, i get I it, it for her so mm -hmm. it's um it's a good way and yeah. uh, yes we have um only half of the income but we have usually it's double it's the only, happiness isn't, yeah, but it's not double the time you spend on, <laughs> on the text. It's also half of the time you, you spend on the text. Mm -hmm. So by yourself or in partnership, what is like your dream book in terms of, uh, of course, it's something that you find and then you're like, oh, this is amazing. I really want to translate this. But in abstract, what is what would be this ideal book? What kind of genre? What <clears throat> is it a lengthy book? Is it a medieval? You mentioned medieval. I like medieval stuff a lot. <laughs> So what kind of things really move you and would be like, oh, this is my dream project. Let's say that. I, it's, when I have creative people, I ask creative people, I ask this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, I really have no um, uh, dream on genres because I'm open for every genre, I say, because I have uh, crime stories. I, I translated medieval stories and uh, fantasy. Um, but it's like, I said for the Matanza, it's a, a dream book is when you really know the author thought about what he was writing. And uh, this is very important for me. So, um, uh, uh, and you you can um, make it sound in German. This is mm. what I, I dream of. And it it came, it was very close to my dream. When you have a, a something, you don't understand every sentence, then you have to think about it. And But it sounds great. And you want to have the same sound with other words in another language, with another rhythm. Uh, yes. This That's your dream. I, the, the sound yes. is very important, I suppose. Yes, the sound is very important. Mm -hmm. So, Keith, now that you have tried your 10 genres, right, and you have, mm -hmm. as a translator, experienced the, the science fiction more than anything, so what would be your, your dream project? More science fiction things or in other one of the 10 genres that you already know? 
Well, I've always enjoyed a good thriller. Something with a bit of suspense and mystery. We have an intruder. Yes. But um, yeah, something with uh, twists and turns. Characters that really unfold and develop. It's like a Lord of the Rings kind of thing, or none of that? Um, Not so much fantasy. I don't mean much fantasy. Although, maybe, if it's a sufficiently mysterious fantasy. Mm -hmm. So you prefer the twists and turns of reality <clears throat> than the ones in, in fantasy? Yes, I like a good spy filler. And... Mm -hmm. So reality is stranger than fiction? <laughs> it you. certainly can be. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about it, Monia. What is your dream transla book translation project? Well, uh, I would love to translate into Portuguese some books from um, Judith Herrmann or Yuli Tse. They are contemporary uh, German uh, writers. Mm -hmm. um, and I think uh, by Yuli Tse, there is already a book translated into Portuguese, but she's not very well known, so I don't know if they are going to, <laughs> to keep have on more. Yeah. But uh, in terms of genres, I, I'm still figuring out what I like to translate. For example, now I'm, I'm doing a, a thriller and I'm really enjoying it because I also like reading thrillers. So it's like, you know, to, to, to translate what you enjoy reading, it's, it's mm -hmm. another fun. Uh, but for me, it can be a self-help book, but it has to be well written. It has to be challenging enough for me to 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 enjoy translating it. Mm -hmm. yeah. I usually I, I buy a lot of those books. Usually not in Portuguese. It's true. I I'd rather because my favorite authors are actually American and Canadian, so or, or German, but they actually uh, write originally in English. So and I guess it's. Uh, kind of a, a, a standard in, in the spirituality mm. realm. At least that's what I know. And um, so I understand what you mean by being well-written and all of that, because sometimes, because people are not writers, right? Yes. They end up yeah. creating uh, pieces of work that are a little bit more limited in terms of vocabulary. Yeah, and yeah. And I, I've, I've done some books, you know, that it seems like they only use 50 verbs <laughs> exactly. throughout the whole book. <laughs> and then they are repeating the same idea over and over. And it's so boring. Yeah. Right. I, yes. And I'm very afraid of buying books in Portuguese, <laughs> to be honest, because I bought one or two because that's where I found when I first looked for them, because I like finding those books in a more unconventional way. So it's, sometimes they just come to me for even from dreams, believe it or not. But anyway, so <laughs> I like getting them immediately. Right. So I'll get whatever version they have. And uh, I've had pretty bad things, especially from French, I have to say. it's Which is a bit strange because it's like a huge tradition of translating from French into Portuguese. There's lots of people who do it in Portugal. So, I mean, you wouldn't, be, you wouldn't expect that. But I think that people probably think that those books are not deep enough or that the content is not complicated enough. And therefore, either you don't make an effort or the people who are uh, assigned the jobs are not or maybe don't really understand uh, what the author really meant <laughs> yeah yeah maybe because the target audience itself is also i don't know it doesn't have good reading habits so you don't have, you don't 
it's not complicated. <laughs> but, but translating from from French is uh, French is, is quite complicated because sometimes French people are very concentrated on France, and to trans transport it in another mm. language mm -hmm. is really sometimes uh, is not so easy because they are very um, focused on French history and French um, way of thinking, and to mm. uh, um, Maybe it's uh, the problem also, uh, the the wrong authors for the Portuguese audience. So uh, mm. it's, it's French is some, I, I always, sometimes I get a books to be, um, it can be, trans sh should this book be translated or not? The um. publishing houses want to have an um, um, opinion of my myself. And, and then I say, no, this book, uh, it's a good book in France, but in Germany it won't work. Oh, so I see. Huh. That's, that's, that's a great insight, I think. Right? We have a lot of books in Portugal in that subject that are actually translated into Brazilian Portuguese. That's what you can find most of the time. So it's, that would be a whole other discussion. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> So thank you guys so much for this. This was amazing. This is this is my first attempt of understanding this part of the language business better because it's something that I don't know anything about, obviously. But now I guess I have three friends who can help me figure out things in case I have questions. It was really nice to meet you. Thank you so much, Keith Gini, right? You. Gini, right? Yes. Perfect. And then Barbara Barbara Neeb. <laughs> yes. And then one you can Filipe join us. What? Sorry, you can, Barbara? You can join my, my YouTube channel. If I have a Weltlesebühne has a YouTube channel on okay. ourselves. So if you want to know more about okay. literature translation, there are also some um, films on um, in, in English. Um, so, so you have a, a channel on YouTube with videos YouTube. in English. In mm -hmm. English, oh, yeah. so uh, most of them are Germans, but to, to, to make uh, literature um, uh, translating um, more visible. Uh -huh. we, we show other translators. Yeah, and of course. We talk about our translations. So uh, we'll we'll get all of your links and whatever you want to put within the text of the podcast episode presentation. So yeah, so feel free to send me anything that you have about yourselves and anything that you believe it would be of interest to everybody. So thank you so much, you guys. Sorry thank about you. my technical thank issues. You. <laughs> <laughs> because well, it happens every now and then, but... Uh, yeah. I, well, at least I kind of, I can see you, you can see me. I guess this is all I can ask for. So thank you so much, you guys. And I cannot wait to see what people have to say about this episode because I am very excited about it because it's so, I think, original compared to my other episodes, not <laughs> compared to the world. But uh, so I really appreciate it that you took the time and that you accepted this idea of talking to other people <laughs> who don't even know. <laughs> So thank you so much. And I really appreciate it. And then I will follow you around on LinkedIn. Don't worry. Okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks, thank you, guys. Thank you.